1: gentlemen welcome to Episode 5, Volume 4 of the Fantasy Formula, your number one stop for all for your fantasy football needs and Las Vegas insider information. The Fantasy Formula broadcasting live from the Mesh Studios in the penthouse floor in beautiful Hickory, North Carolina. Listeners from Road Hiss to Russia, Charleston to Czechistan, Granite Falls to Guatemala, and Lenore to Luxembourg are all tuning in to see what's new with Hank the Shark Tank Imer, and Chad, the Hitman East. So Hank, with two weeks to opening kickoff, how you feeling?
0: Oh, I'm feeling great. This is when it starts to unfold. You know, this is where you start to get those injuries starting to pop out. If you've just had your draft, you're able to see some of those injuries early, Yes, but You know, people are having a scramble now. They're starting to, even now, looking at the waiver wire because you have some major injuries that are going to affect some teams.
1: Absolutely. Let's talk about them immediately, Hank. So this weekend, a big, big piece of the Dallas Cowboys puzzle, Tony Romo, the star quarterback coming off his injury from last year, goes down again with a ruptured vertebrae, some broken bone in his back. Yeah, broke his back. Did you see the hit, though? I did. Okay, the hit – It didn't seem terrible. He's fragile. I guess what I'm trying to tell you, it was a normal hit. Like Cam pops up. Roethlisberger pops up. Cam doesn't go down. Exactly. He might break that tackle and go for 20 more. But Romo goes down. It was a normal tackle. Broken back. Six to ten weeks. Hank, talk to me about people who drafted Tony Romo as their quarterback, two, or maybe some even had to draft him quarterback one. Six to ten weeks out, what are you doing now?
0: Well – I'm not as concerned with the person that drafted Romo because normally those people got him in the late rounds. And so it was even maybe somebody that picked up a cam was able to get a Romo. So I don't know if you're you're still going to be able to get somebody that's serviceable on the waiver wire. Mm -hmm. You know, that isn't really as devastating as a person that picked up Dez. and And And, Ezekiel Elliott. And Elliott. And And, I've got them both.
1: Yes, the the entire offense. I have read – so Dak Prescott, you know, he's a rookie, but he's looked fantastic, but it's preseason. So you can't really depend on him. But is Dez, like, good enough? Is he one of those receivers that's good enough to – not even worry about the quarterback he can withstand a a poor performance by the quarterback
0: well i think he's going to have to set his pride to the side because him and tony romo have been working together for so long they can see stuff just evolve and that's where you get that deep ball that he sees yeah. something he just bolts to it you're going to have to make you're going to have to get the ball in des's hands so there's going to have to be slants and some More uh, elementary throws so that he gets the ball in his hands because they're not, they don't have the chemistry that him and Romo have. And so that really puts pressure on Dez to break his game back down to a a level of somebody just starting over.
1: And if you remember last year, Tony Romo went out. The reason I remember this is because I did have Dez. And so I don't remember who he had throwing to him, but Dez sucked last year. But that was also a little hurt. I don't know if you remember, he had a broken foot and he tried to come back early, but. The quarterback play was not good, and right. Dez's value went way, way down. So hopefully it won't be the same this year. Maybe Dak Prescott can bring him through for six to ten. He's looked good. Yeah, He's look fantastic. Now, how about I mean what do you feel like this does to Elliot? I worry. I we'll talk about this in a little bit too, but I've got Elliot in fifty percent of my drafts, I've drafted him i don't know I'm, i mean i'm worried i drafted him and then literally 30 minutes later we look on television and tony rumbo is going down so mm.
0: it's a lot of load on that rookie
1: i agree a lot of load um other big note news this weekend hank and you know i want you to speak to this from your heart because i'm going to speak to it from my heart the colin kaepernick situation in san francisco colin kaepernick three years ago everybody's he was the next prototypical quarterback. Everybody wanted a Colin Kaepernick. In three short years, this guy has gone from you know hero to literally zero. Now the controversy comes around. Colin Kaepernick refuses to stand up for his, the our national anthem, mm-hmm. our national anthem, the United States national anthem, because until, he says until government does something to change the way minority minorities are treated. He's not going to show respect to the country. Right. Go ahead and, and speak to this first, if you will.
0: Well, I think there's there's two things that I – there's three things that I probably – when I think about what happened on that game and the the controversy that has come out of it, there's three things that I look at. The first being he has the right to his own opinion, and Certainly. I'm not going to judge him if he feels like he's being wronged and he can voice his opinion and do whatever he wants. And that's that's – that's Colin Kaepernick. Okay. Let that, Mm -hmm. he can, he can, you know, the, the way that LeBron and, and all those athletes are using their status to bring a face to gun violence. And, you know, it's hit home with Dwayne Wade, um, and his, uh, family member. So I'm not taking anything away from that. I think that is his platform, just like it is those basketball players and everyone else's platform. Mm -hmm. And good for them. If they can spur some, you know, some interest and, and response to it. Um, the, the, the second piece, and I think the probably the the part that I, I think about the most out of this whole thing is it's it's, you know, when I hear the national anthem and I'm sitting there getting ready for a game or when I played or did whatever, you think about your country, and you think about I think about those individuals that are risking their life and seeing bullets whizz by their head and running towards the enemy, absolutely to defend you, right. And they're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, all colors. Yes. And they are staring death in the face to defend you. That's what upsets me about the situation. I, it had nothing to do with the cause, because what his cause was is valid and it's for him and whatever. But what he just, I feel like, took away from and and, and at that instant, you you wish that a um, a disabled vet could have. Talk to him, Mm -hmm. and not in a a derogatory way, but if he would have sat there and had the opportunity to look at what an individual gave for his country, and that standing up and saluting that flag has more to do with the respect for the people that fight every day than it does for him to stand up, make millions, and play a game— and play a game so that that was my, my biggest point in the whole thing because it is a game that he is playing now he's got real concerns and I understand that but it just um, that's I, I feel like that's a slap in the face to the people that are defending our country
1: Hank I could not have said it any better and actually everything you said I, that's what I wanted to say you nailed it I feel I completely agree this, I'll add one thing so when you, you have a son, you're a father. Mm-hmm. I'm a father. My dad fought for our country in the Vietnam War. So ever since I was a little boy, he t- it doesn't matter where we are. You know, if the national anthem comes on, we're going to show respect. And showing respect, to just like you said, to the people that have fought for our freedom. Without those people, we're not playing football. You know what I'm saying? We're, right. not, we're not sitting here on these microphones speaking speaking the way we want to speak we don't have it right so he taught me that at a young age as a father to your son now harris and to a father to my two daughters that was one of the first things i tell him and i'm so proud we'll go to the crawdads game or we'll go to nc state wolfpack game and i don't have to tell them anymore that national anthem comes on they if they got a hat on they take it off they stop what they're talking if they're eating popcorn if they're drinking coke they put it down and they show respect that's what the national anthem is about it's showing respect right we've taught our people they're going to teach their people, and I'm not saying my way is right or your way is right that's just what i know right i so. agree
0: I agree with you and and you know the third thing and, and this has nothing to do with with um you know that those portions that we we're just talking about, but Kaepernick is not safe with his job he is not safe with his team he is not you know you and like I said, this has nothing to do with it. Right. But you don't want to bring any controversy to yourself if you are fighting for your job and fighting, you know, fighting to stay on the team. Absolutely. So, you know, the, the two other things are the 99.9% of the conversation we're having. The cherry on top is this cat is acting like he doesn't care. And, and Chip Kelly came out and said it doesn't matter. It won't affect his job. It, do you not think that these guys think about that when they're doing it? They absolutely do. No, no doubt about it.
1: You know, Kaepernick, I'm not saying – what am I saying here? Let's let's make sure these words come out correctly. So the San Francisco 49ers, I'm not going to compare it to like – you know, people say, we go to war together, blah, blah, blah. They're real people going to war for us. It's a football game, but still that's what they say. Right. Do you think they want a leader who is – worth? Is not focused on even making the team. Not trying to give giving a hundred and ten percent. He's he's bringing more attention to these other things instead of focusing on what he's supposed to do on the field, especially when they really need him on right. the field.
0: Right. No. And, I and and you know that's that's one of the things that I, I've I've read with past you know with past teammates of his. And you know there's there's certainly. People that are giving him respect for what he's done. There's people that are going against what he's done. But I think you know the biggest thing that a lot of people talk about is you know he sits in this mindset that this is his time it's, to do it.
1: Yeah, this all is all about me.
0: This is Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. I, this is my time to do it. And right. you know I think that there's um, certainly ways that even in the state. I mean, he's interviewed every day, right? He's interviewed every day. There was a conscious effort to make it during the national Anthem. If he wants to, to, to stand on this platform and, and work hard, I'm not against him. I want there to be a resolution to, you know, to the problems that um, he's discussing and what he's standing up for. But I just feel like um, athletes sometimes and celebrities sometimes take their stardom too serious, too serious. Way and, too serious. and you can just see it. It, it crushes the best. Be- I mean, Britney Spears is, a, you know, imploded on herself because of her celebrities yes. and, and millions have done it. And I think that that's just sometimes you you see athletes kind of do that. And they, you know, if they really had some guidance on, this is the avenue to do it. Because I think that there's other athletes out there that are really passionate about this topic. And, and doing if, it the right way. And doing it the correct the way. right way. And bringing – Uh, you know, bringing like uh, that topic really in the forefront of the media and and doing it correctly.
1: Yeah. Kaepernick lives in a $15 million home, plays a game for a living, you know, Hey buddy, you kind of got it made right now. You know, you kind of got it made anyway. All right. Well, Hank, good doc uh, commentary there regarding that situation because it's, it's flooded the news waves. It's on every podcast, everywhere you look sports center, Colin Kaepernick all the time. So I'm, I'm glad you got to say what you wanted to say. And I got some stuff off my chest. You know,
0: too. you know, um, I actually this is this is how the fantasy formula um, really gets out into, you know, pe- people's everyday life. I had a call yesterday and they wanted to know, would we would we tackle this issue really on the fantasy formula? I said, hmm. absolutely. And right when I walked in, first thing we said is we're going to tackle Colin Kaepernick. Sure. So, uh, you know, good looking out there in Charlotte. OK, you. there you go. Good job. All right, Hank.
1: <phone rings> So that kind of wraps up what went on for this weekend specific to the NFL players. Now let me tell you a little bit about what happened to me this weekend. Uh-oh. Okay. So we started that song out, um, you know, it's that four or five seconds, and it go. It starts out a little like this. Um, let's see if we can get it started over here. Just, just Hang on one more 2nd we DJ. I think I've had enough, Hank. And yes, I did get a little drunk. So those first two sentences, so this is my third podcast, I mean podcast, my third draft in literally one full week. So three drafts in seven days.
0: Your body has got to be on crisis
1: yeah, lockdown
0: right now.
1: He, I haven't quit shaking actually since, I, anyway, it's just, I can't sleep. Okay, I can't sleep. There's. I'm very sweaty, you know. Uh,
0: Some people call that Mr. Scary. <laughs>
1: it's just been... Very uncomfortable, but I'm getting through it. And so we talked about our drafts last week and we had two hickory drafts. We talked about how wonderful they were, the cornhole and all this stuff. And so I get a few days off this week before I go to Asheville for my lovely, oh, lovely Asheville, North lovely Carolina, Asheville. lovely Asheville. So the weather. You know, about five degrees cooler. Not crazy, but not 88. Let's say it's 88. Beautiful. Get up there Thursday, play golf, Grove Park Inn, you know.
0: Uh, swanky. I mean, very nice, Swank-
1: right? Whoa. Very nice. We get up there. I don't like to brag on myself, but I dominate. I dominate Thursday <laughs> golf. Don't mean to brag. I don't mean to brag, but, you know, it happened, dominated. And then we go straight from the 18 holes of golf have a cocktail or two on the veranda. Of course, on the you veranda, did. you know. And did you they, have to wear jackets out there? <laughs> <laughs> Ascots. Oh no, they let us slide. Team and, name this week: the Monocles. <laughs> you should have seen us though. Just a bunch of Hickory boys up there at the Grove Park sipping. I did sip some champagne of there,
0: Oh my yeah, gosh!
1: So we get off the veranda and then we head to the villa that we were staying. So the last place team has to set up the whole. Shop for everybody else. So he finds like a a million dollar Italian villa in Asheville, five minutes to eight minutes from downtown. So that's where we roll into. So your,
0: st- your, your street cred is like going down a little bit because, you know, everybody is talking about I eat wings and we did it at Buffalo <laughs> Wild Wings. You're like, I'm in this French villa and yes. I'm sending champagne. You
1: know, sometimes you got to switch it up. So. We get up there, just have us a time. We, poker is always a must at this event for sure. us, just like it is at ours. So that's Thursday, you know, and so that's, that's a whole weekend. We just piled into an afternoon golf, veranda, Italian villa, poker. Oh, I forgot, and then my main most man, Rob, he is a fantastic cook, chef. So he makes this huge tenderloins. So we're eat, you know, we're eating, mm, we're eating good. Go to bed. I'm not going to really talk about what time we went to bed, but let's say it was late. We wake up. Our tea time is like 9.30 the next day, so we're up and at them early. Run it back again, dude, so we do it again.
0: What hole? What hole?
1: What hole what? Uh, did,
0: did you have your first
1: drink at? <laughs> oh, we had to start immediately just so we could swing the club. You know what I mean? A lot of... Swing juice. Yeah, swing juice just to get through hole one. Well, We get through all of 18, and again, I don't like to brag, but... Dominate I, again. I again. It was just back to back days of pure domination. So then we go and what we normally do on Friday after golf, we shower, sit in the villa, talk amongst ourselves, and then we get jazzed up and we go to a nice, nice restaurant on Friday. That's typically what we do. Okay, wherever it might be, like we go to Charleston, Wrightsville, you know, we, Atlanta, and now we're in Asheville. So there is this one bet that we make every year between this one fellow named Seth and the fellow named Rob, we've been doing it for 16 years head to head and whoever loses has to dress up in a particular costume. So for the last three years, it's been a full energizer bunny suit. I'm not talking about the fake ones. I'm talking about like the $300 real bunny suit that, I mean, he looks like the energizer bunny when he comes in. And so he's got to wear it to come into the fine dining establishment. Do they usually accept this? Most of the time, they'll ask him to leave or have to take his hat off, at least his bunny hat off, at least before he could sit down. Well, this time, the gentleman, Seth, who's brilliant, uh, said, You know what, Rob? We're gonna not going to do the bunny suit this year. Let's move it. I want you to dress up like Daniel San in the Karate Kid. Full gi, right? <laughs> full full gi. gi. I'm talking about full, full gi. gi. White belt, full white, like the headband. Suit, of course, the headband and some type of little wooden shoes, too. <laughs> I have this picture, and I've got a video of it. I have to share it with you. So we're all sitting. You know where uh, Wicked Weed is? Uh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. So
1: we're all at Wicked Weed. on the When you walk in on the right side, outside, waiting for us to go eat dinner uh, at another establishment. Can I ask what the bet is? It's head-to-head matchup, just one person against the oh, other golf. person. No, no, fantasy football. Oh, fantasy football. Yeah, okay. so they're always playing. Oh, so he lost last year. I'm sorry. He's lost 15 years in a row Rob has never won so he's had to dress up like you know karate kid and a bunny I think he had to be a superman one day I mean he's had to wear a lot of outfits I've taken a beating
0: 15
1: years anyway so this is the best part of the whole story so we're sitting to the side and Rob's got to make an entrance like he doesn't get to come in with a lot of people he's got to come in by himself so we're all sitting to the side and here comes Rob through the front Takes a right to get in there, immediately does a crane kick, <laughs> does a crane kick right as he walks in. And the Asheville folks, there's nothing wrong with Asheville folks, but they're a little bit different than, you know, the typical sure. person. Sure. So they look at him for about three seconds, and they turn back around and just keep doing what they're doing. Of like, course they do. Like it's a normal... It's circumstance that a dude dressed up like Daniel san comes through while they're eating dinner. Of you know course. it was just hey. It's yeah, Asheville. It happens all the time. So anyway, Rob, what a I mean, he owned this Danielson outfit. Goes and throughout the rest of the evening, we probably hit six different establishments. Oh, I bet it
0: got better as the night oh, went on. As the beer
1: was consumed, more crane kicks, windmill kicks, some hi-yahs and all this stuff to every you know, to people passing down the street. So it just made the Friday night.
0: Remarkable. That's, that's a great tradition. Uh, you can awesome. only, only hope that every fantasy group puts a tradition like that in.
1: Certainly. I hope you guys do. So that's Friday night. So we get back from the beer runs or the bar crawls or hops or whatever, and then poker again Friday night. And then Saturday. We haven't even started the draft yet, Hank. The uh, draft's yeah, yeah, not yeah. till Saturday. So we go back to the Grove Park for lunch, eat, come back, yeah, come back, have a couple – at the villa, and then we start the draft at five thirty-six o'clock. At the villa, at the villa, we do the draft outside on this little villa. It, the villa had this outside courtyard, opening window, opening these doors, opened. It was just, it's unbelievable. So
0: it sounds incredible.
1: That's how we got it done. So would you like to hear how this draft went on paper, Hank? Sure. Sure, sure. All right, I'm going to share this with our fine listeners, and you, I'm going to breeze through a couple rounds. You tell me what you think, and I'll give you my team and kind of give me a grade on this, if you will.
0: This so, is the first time I've seen this, so yes, let me take a look at it as well.
1: Absolutely. Go ahead and take a look, and we'll start. This is a 12-team league. Mm-hmm. It is half-point PPR. Typically in this league, quarterback they just love to draft quarterbacks in this league. Last year, if I'm not mistaken, five quarterbacks went in the first round. This year, you know, after people have listened to the fantasy formula, they know that quarterback's not really who you have to get early, but we'll see how it went. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome the, to the 2016 Sugars League Ash Vegas Cubbies Revenge Draft. The number one selection, Hank. Antonio Brown. No brainer. No question. Odell Beckham, two. Julio Jones, three. Just as planned. Number four, off the board, this is where we get a little surprise thrown in. Cam Newton goes fourth overall. Early. Early. Guess who drafted him? Will Rowland. Rob. (laughs) (laughs) The dude dressed up like Daniel San, Rob drafted Cam Newton. Followed by Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell slides up to number six. Number six. Early. Early. The guy who drafted um, Le'Veon, we'll call him Team Gary. Gary said, Chad, who should it be, Le'Veon or Ezekiel? And I said, hey, man, go ahead and get (laughs) (laughs) Le'Veon. Sabotage. (laughs) Go ahead and take him. Next up, DeAndre Hopkins, followed by David Johnson. Aaron Rodgers goes in the first round. Team number nine. Rob Gronkowski, 10, A.J. Green, 11, and Allen Robinson finishes out the top 12 spots. You know, besides the Le'Veon and Cam, Aaron may be a little early there. Maybe A little early. So Gronk is about right G- there. It, Gronk at 10, hey, makes some sense. Right, Makes some sense. Oh, this league too, Hank, one of the flex positions, so you have one wide receiver, one running back, one flex, that's wide receiver, running back. The second flex, wide receiver, running back, or tight end. So, you can play a tight end as your flex as well. So, let's keep on going into the second round. Because of the quarterbacks going in round one, you see some guys dropping to round two. AP goes first pick round two, Ezekiel Elliott second pick round two. Wow. Hey,
0: you got good value with him right there. So,
1: I've gone AJ Green. And Ezekiel Elliott, 1-2. I'm feeling so proud of myself right now. Jordy Nelson follows the Ezekiel Elliott. Pick three, round three. Dez goes next. Andrew Luck, another quarterback off the board, followed by Devontae Freeman. Lamar Miller in our draft. I don't know if you recall, but Lamar Miller went in the first round. He right. falls all the way to mid-second round here. Eddie Lacy, Matt Jones goes round two. Wow.
0: I, that's, I, when I saw Matt Jones and Carlos Hyde right there, And then you see Jamal Charles, right? That was still out there.
1: Absolutely. And so at this time, Rob, who's wearing you know Daniel San, has got Cam Newton and Matt Jones round one and two.
0: Gross. Yeah. So, I mean, Matt Jones pick is terrible.
1: Probably the worst of the bunch. And we'll go through the rest. So after the Matt Jones pick, Drew Brees off your board. Carlos Hyde, and then Jamal Charles goes last pick, second round.
0: Unbelievable that he stayed right there.
1: Look at number one, if you don't mind. Number one, Antonio Brown, then Jamal Charles, and then
0: number one pick in round three, Brandon
1: Marshall. Unbelievable. What a team. What a start. What a start. What a start to this team. This guy, let's call him Team Brian, number one. He was the Super Bowl champ last year in our league. And actually drew... The number one pick again this year. Unbelievable, Unbelievable. right? Um, after the Brandon Marshall, here we go. Round three pick to Demarius Thomas, Mike Evans, Alshon Jeffrey. Tight end Greg Olson goes off the board in round three, followed by Lashawn McCoy, Amari Cooper. Another tight end, Jordan Reed off the board. Dougie Fresh, Ben Roethlisberger goes off in round three. Brandon Cooks and Sammy Watkins. I snag Brandon Cooks second to last pick in round three.
0: Unbelievable. And you you know what? You, we're all pattern junkies. Yes. And so, you know, when you start doing mock drafts and you start doing you having your drafts and you're in more than one league, next thing you know, there's a couple of guys that keep falling on your exactly. team. And there it is, yeah. Brandon Cooks. Another interesting fact, Hank,
1: in my three drafts, I drafted 8, 10, and 11. Three very similar spots. When I go through my teams, I bet 50% of my guys are the exact same guys for all three teams. Mm-hmm. I am not kidding you. Um, it's wild, like in my Raleigh or my other Hickory League that you're not in, three two of the top four mm-hmm. are on that team. The other two are on the league. I mean, with you. Right. So it's just crazy how it works out. Um so round four, we kick it off with Dante Moncrief. I loved him. He went I was hoping he would fall one more spot I could get him. But look who falls. Mark uh, Ingram. Mark
0: I like him Ingram. better than Matt I, Matt Jones. I, oh, and Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I mean Man, to yeah. get
1: him there, but, you know, I'm pretty high on him, yeah, on me Ingram. Yeah, too. me too. T.Y. goes next, round, pick three, round four. Keenan Allen, Golden Tate, Randall Cobb, C.J. Anderson. Look what my man, again, Team Gary has done. Le'Veon Bell, that's who he took first. And I think he panicked, he, he started worrying, so he went Lamar Miller, Lashawn McCoy, and C.J. Anderson, four running backs, back to back to back to back. Right. Yeah, so no wide receivers on his team yet. Um, and we're in round four. Eric Decker, Derek Henry, goes round four. Guess what team he's on?
0: Will Rollins.
1: <laughs> team Danielson again. Team Danielson. Daniel-san. So Danielson's got Matt Jones in the second and Derek Henry in the fourth.
0: Golly,
1: this guy's setting up for a beating. Mm, he's going to be set. He's going to be set doing the draft again be, next year. He's going to
0: be Daniel San again. again he might be Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> 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 He'd carry around a bonsai. <laughs> oh, that would be wonderful.
1: Um, after the Derrick Henry, we hit Latavius Murray. Tom Brady goes off the board round four. A
0: little early. What do you think about Tom A little early. Ray? Yeah, I mean, he's going to be great when he comes back but that's a little bit early that's four weeks without him Matt Forte
1: goes to the team Brian Antonio Brown Jamal Charles Brandon Marshall and the Matt Forte right there I didn't love the Matt Forte everything else he's done has been great but I right. guess Forte in round four last pick
0: that's kind of oh, where he's going mentioned. maybe yeah because I mean it would have been Rawls or DeMarco Murray yes or True. somebody like that so I mean that's I think that's it's all level playing field there you're right
1: you're right Russell Wilson is his quarterback team Brian one pick one uh, round five. Jordan Matthews, Duke Johnson goes round five. Tyler Eifert, guess where Tyler Eifert went? Daniel San. Daniel so Tyler Eifert, he's hurt, and he might not he's not going to start. He might be out two weeks, maybe. So right now he really doesn't even. He's got a starter in Cam. Is Matt Matt Jones is hurt? Yep. Alshon Jeffrey's a starter. Derrick Henry's a backup. Tyler Eifert is not going to be able to start the season.
0: Oh God, this team's this bad. is this is, this is, gone. This is South this quick. This is
1: garbage. Jarvis Landry off the off the board there, round five. Julian Edelman, another quarterback, Carson Palmer, followed by DeMarco Murray gets drafted after Derrick Henry. Ridiculous. after Matt Jones. And after <laughs> Matt Jones. And oh my this just continues to, the hits keep on coming. Thomas Rawls, Kelvin Benjamin, Doug Baldwin. I didn't really like Doug Baldwin here, but round five. Right. What do you think? Uh, Who's around them? Kelvin Benjamin went right before me. You got Jeremy Macklin available. Larry Fitzgerald was there. Yeah. Devontae Parker. Yeah, I, nice I mean, I
0: don't think you're you're missing out on anybody there.
1: I agree. Philip Rivers rounds it out in round five. So you can tell in this draft, people are digging quarterbacks because yes, there's they are. seven or eight gone by round five. Next up, D'Angelo Williams off your board, round six. I go grab Michael Floyd, Arizona Cardinal wide receiver. Jeremy Langford, Jeremy Macklin, Larry Fitzgerald, Blake Bortles goes. Look at this interesting. Back pick.
0: to back quarterbacks.
1: That's what we were talking about during the draft. Like, why would you take back to back quarterbacks so early? Late, if you wait on it, right. I can get it. But Carson Palmer and then back him up with Blake. When well, look who's on the board. Jeremy Hill's still on the board. Devontae Parker's on the board. You've got uh, Melvin Gordon. You got any pick of your tight ends of Kelsey LeGarrette or Delaney Blunt. Walker? Yeah, garrett Blunt's on the board. Um, John Brown, there's just a lot of dudes. Yeah,
0: quarterback, quarterback in the middle of the draft is not effective, but it's more effective than what happens at the end of this round.
1: Let's see what happens at the end of this round. Uh, So we said Devontae Parker, Jeremy Hill, Corey Coleman, Stephon Diggs, Melvin Gordon, and then back-to-back tight end. Goodness, what's that guy doing? Travis, Kelsey, Delaney, Walker. But remember, you can use a tight end as a flex. that's right. That's right. That's right. Could make sense if he liked the tight end better than the skill position guys behind him, which would have been like a Gio, a LeGarrett, Garrett. Alan Hearns, a Aaron Foster. Fleener was it, I mean Fleener's out there. That's true, because Kobe Fleener goes here in the next few picks. So he liked Travis Kelsey and Delaney Walker. We'll see the dude, he's the champ right now. He's actually his team champs looks here. pretty good. The champs, yeah. All right, so round seven we're in now. Eli goes off the board, Gio, LeGarrette Blunt, Andy Dalton. So I am i don't have a quarterback yet, Hank, and I'm just seeing him fly off the board. Yep. I'm starting to panic because I thought that Blake Bortles would fall, and I didn't love him, but I could use him as a starting co- uh, quarterback and then go grab an Eli or something behind him. Mm-hmm. So let's see what goes ha- goes on after this. Andy Dalton off your board, round seven, pick four, followed by Kobe Fleener, Alan Hearns, Aaron, Arian Foster, Tavon Austin, Jay Stu, Rashad Jennings. So I grab Rashad Jennings. Who you have in
0: the other league. And I've
1: got in the other league as well. In round seven, starting running back. So my running backs, Ezekiel, Ingram, and Jennings. like that. That's a pretty good start. Zach Ertz goes off last pick round seven. Here's where, you know, there's at, there are already 12 quarterbacks off the board right now. There's 12 gone. I'm in round eight, still don't have one. So there's only two other teams that don't have one. So, my decision process is let it slide one more round. Right. You know, everybody's got theirs except another team, and I know there's a couple that are are out there. Um, So, let's see how it goes. So, Ryan Matthews goes first pick, round eight. I grab Marvin Jones, wide receiver, Detroit Lions, who I'm high on, and I've got him in another league, followed by Frank Gore, Justin Forsett, Kenny Britt, Chris Ivory's gone, Kirk Cousins, the other guy that didn't have a a quarterback – now he's got a quarterback. Sterling Shepard, Laquan Treadwell, a backup, goes off the board. Tyrod Taylor is one of the guys I was focusing on. He's gone. John Brown goes, and then Emmanuel Sanders. So if you look quickly, one, two, three, four, five teams have their quarterback and backup, and I don't even have my
0: quarterback yet. Crazy! Isn't that it, it was wild? a gamble. Oh, it was it, a gamble, but it looks to be so far to so pay good. off because so there are several still out there that are worth the wait. Absolutely, so far so good. But
1: I am literally sweating bullets right now. I mean, during the draft, I'm worried sick that I'm going to get stuck with like
0: was that illness or was
1: it? <laughs> Do I was the sweating bullets illness? That <laughs> was <laughs> a combination of just vodka pouring out of every pore <laughs> and some nervousness. Um oh and by the way, during the, the draft, you know, there's always fireball going around and you know and there's lots of beer and pizza and all kinds of fun stuff. So we've got the karaoke machine, great music playing. So, you know, a lot of stuff going on besides just the draft at the same time. Oh, and Will Rowland, he showed up for the draft.
0: Good for he him. He drove
1: to Asheville and came and hung out with hung out with us.
0: Looks like he picked a team. <laughs>
1: They could have shared this team, couldn't they? He and Daniel sign.
0: Daniel San. So
1: um, now we're in round nine. Devin Funches, the Carolina Panther, goes off your board. Uh, Amir Abdullah still on the board there in round nine. Right in. And then we come to our first right in, and it's Josh Gordon. Round nine, Josh Gordon off your board. Interesting. Corey Coleman is the other wide receiver in Cleveland. Team uh, Daniel San selected Corey Coleman. Thir- one, two. Four rounds in front of Josh Gordon? So, Gordon, a lot of value there compared to the Corey Coleman pick. You know sure. what I mean? Oh, yeah. Four rounds. Corey Coleman should have probably gone down there in that area. Right. He doesn't need to go five or six or wherever he needs to go. Probably eight, nine, ten, maybe.
0: But this, this obviously this team's on tilt at this point. Oh, he's completely
1: flustered. He's lost all his cool. He was sitting in the corner. He had his hat really low with the Daniel sign um, – headband around the hat, outside the hat at this time. Channeling Yes, trying terrible. to talk to Miyagi-san. Arizona defense, first defense goes off your board. Oh, guess who drafted the first defense off the board?
0: daniel Danielson. daniel <laughs> oh we're gosh.
1: Rolling. Devontae Booker goes next. Tyler Lockett, followed by Martellus Bennett, tied in. Your guy. New England Patriots off your board, round nine. Khmer Aiken, Dwayne Allen, Gary Barnage... Then I grab my first quarterback, I get Matt Stafford in round nine.
0: Now, did you like Matt Stafford better than Derek Carr? I mean, do you like him better than Derek Carr?
1: We've talked about it, three words, Jim Bob Cooter. All All right, right. Jim Bob Cooter. All right, Jim Bob Cooter. See, I thought Derek Carr might – I might get him anyway, because I didn't think the guy in number 12 spot, I'm drafting 11, would pick another quarterback right there. He's got Phillip. Thought maybe he'd wait a little bit later, but he grabs Carr after the Stafford pick. Then goes Deshaun Jackson. I go round, what round is this, 10, pick two, Matt Ryan. Now, this is the question I'll pose to you, Hank. The other quarterback still left, Jameis. You've got Mariota. You've got Brock Eiswaller, you got Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Uh, Tanny Hill, who I won, RJ 3 Ryan are those guys, because as soon as I put him on the board, I was like, man, I want Mariota. I want
0: Jameis. I would have I, – for my backup, if you're going to start Stafford, I think I would have gone and got Jameis. Yes. I, and go, waited another round. Let, the, let somebody else like Matt Ryan let Jameis fall to you. Yeah. Not picked him up in that round – you know, picked up somebody like Sims or a JG or, you know. Tevin Coleman's right there. So if you would have waited on that and then had – because James might have a great year. Yes. He Um, might have a great year and have him as backup. So I probably would have waited.
1: Yeah. I know. I should have done that.
0: Even Mariota. I kind of like Mariota this year. I'm I'm, I'm having a hard time falling on that bandwagon. I I think he's just going – I mean, I think he's going to come out hot and people – are he's just – they're going to mix him up, and next thing you know, he's going to have an average year. But yeah. that's the way it should be. It, it's the NFL. He's,
1: yeah, that's true. He plays for Tennessee. They stink. So after the Matt Ryan pick, Jay Ajayi, Charles Sims, Eric Ebron, Tevin. Can we tell? Coleman. Bilal Powell. I like Bilal Powell Bilal this Powell. year, too. Bilal Powell. Denver Degos. Then Brock Osweiler, who if you've been keeping paying attention to how he's playing in Houston preseason-wise, the dude's balling right now. Oh, he's yeah. He's playing good. Let's see if it continues in the regular season. Travis Benjamin, then Jimmy Graham goes, and Chikandrick West goes off the board round 10. We'll breeze through these next. Round 11, Carolina D, Willie Sneed, Houston D, Julius Thomas, M- that's uh what's oh, that's Michael Thomas, wide receiver New Orleans. Christine Michael, Seattle D, Danny Woodhead, Crabtree, Jameis. I grab Marcus Wheaton, wide receiver, Pittsburgh Steeler, round eleven. And then Sammy Coates, the wide receiver Pittsburgh, goes right behind me at pick twelve. Anything crazy there, Hank? You got a lot of defenses going off the board. Three defenses in round twelve. Yeah, or I, round eleven. I, that
0: that round right there, I think Willie Snead is a you know, decent right there. I mean, I kinda kinda like that, but um, you know, you start to see people kind of struggle with what they're going to do because this is where, if you don't kind of pay attention to who's second in the depth chart, who's the third down back, then you start picking people up that you're like, oh gosh, I don't yeah. know really who this guy is, right. but. Um, I think Mark Sweeten right there was not a bad pickup either.
1: Yeah, I like that. Getting ready like, to see
0: our first kicker, though. I yeah, know that.
1: Oh, you know he's going off the board. I like the Christine Michael pickup from in, in round 11 just because if he does get the starting nod there, Thomas Rawls has got it right now. But let's say Christine Michael, Thomas Rawls' ankle is not fully healed. He gets the workmen all the carries for the team one or the first teamers. Dude, and you got him in the 11th round, that could be some crazy value. Um Steven Koskowski goes off the board. Round 12, first kicker off your draft board.
0: Boo. Boo. We've talked
1: about that. Richard Matthews, I've got him in every league. Tennessee Titans, they say number one wide receiver. Who
0: cares? Yes,
1: L.A. Rams off your board. Then Tannehill, Kansas City D. Deion Lewis, he's going to be out, but that's maybe some value when he comes back after week, what, four, six, something like that. Alfred Morris, Jarek McKinnon, another kicker, Graham Gano. Zach Miller tight in, followed by Torrey Smith and Isaiah Crowell. We're down to the, you know, end of round 12. You're trying to grab some bargains, trying to grab whatever you can grab that might fill in your lineups for bye weeks and injuries. Right. Round 13, pick one. There goes Fitzpatrick off the board, followed by tight ends Jason Witten and Ladarius Green. Ladarius Green, he might not even play this year, so that might be a wasted pick. Darren McFadden goes next, followed by Mariota, RG3, DeAndre Washington – another kicker for Steven Hauschka I think he's Seattle's no where is he I think he is Seattle Yeah Seattle Minnesota's D Dan Bailey and then I grab Antonio Gates tied in I'll probably end up dropping him but at this point of the draft it was about midnight the the little stickers are just they're scattered everywhere just grab something. Grab an put it, one. Yeah, grab an orange one and put it on the board. Right, Cincinnati D goes next. Mohamed Sanu wraps up the last round, which is round fourteen. Pick one. I'll grab New England's defense. Green Bay's D goes next. Mason Crosby, Ray Rice. Someone drafted Ray Rice. Is he playing? <laughs> is that? What, I just noticed that. Is that a joke?
0: That has to be a joke. C.J. Spiller goes next. I thought he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got more value than Ray Rice, though.
1: Back-to-back, <laughs> big back, C.J. Spiller, Ray Rice. My Lord, I've What's, seen it all. What team was that? Well, we're all in. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. Jets go next. at a Then you'll notice there's a blank space.
0: There's a space. blank spot. <laughs> so
1: blank. He's dead. <laughs> there's a blank space with no sticker on it. Guess whose team that was? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cam Newton, Matt Jones, yeah, the blank one. Space.
1: Oh, blank space, blank space. Taylor Swift singing for us. Uh, Brandon McManus next, followed by James White, and we wrap it up with Boswell as the kicker for the Steelers. So that was our 2016 Raleigh College NC State draft. If you could rank, you know, let's just look at my team. We already know who the worst team is, right? Absolutely. Let's just go through my team, Hank. Um, if you want to call them out, just. See what you think. I am number eleven spot.
0: AJ Green, solid pick right there in eleven. I mean, you, you said it, man. When when they start taking those kicker, I mean when they start taking those quarterbacks and everybody early, it just lets people fall. So to get AJ Green and Elliott right there without knowing what's going to happen on to Romo, yeah. I mean, that's solid. Brandon Cooks is I think you got him I he shouldn't have gone that late. No. And so I think that if he's gonna get all those balls from Drew Brees that I think he's gonna get, he's gonna be a solid number number one for somebody you gotta yeah, make it. Number, got number two. two. Uh Mark Ingram, love him as your second back. Awesome Doug Baldwin. We've talked about him. He could be hit or miss. We'll yeah. see. Michael Floyd, I feel like he's still got a another year of production in him, although he's got a couple of weapons around him. That's probably gonna help him. All right. Shad Jennings. Uh let's hope New York can, you know, get that one running back. Position back, you know, the way it was for years and years and years. Yep. I mean, he's the man. Marvin Jones, I think he's solid in that round. Not, you know, nothing too flashy about that. Uh, Matthew Stafford, if he was going to be your starter, I don't think that that's a bad spot for him. I think, you know, he's probably going to be on a bad fantasy, I mean, a bad reality team, but he could be a good fantasy quarterback. Um, I would have rather seen Jameis Winston instead of Matt Ryan as your second pick. Yes. Uh, Marcus Wheaton, I think. Hopefully that team's going to be pretty prolific in the air. I think Antonio Brown's going to help people out in that respect. Um, And then, you know, we've got Matthews, who at that round, we'll see what happens with him. Who knows? Antonio Gates... Got to have somebody at tight end. It shouldn't <laughs> be him, but you talk about old, yeah, man, old Nessa, man old River man. and the New England's D. Who cares? It's your last pick. Yeah, um, you got to pick up a kicker at some point. Yes, and you're going to have to drop two people because Antonio Gates is probably you're going to have to probably put in another tight end. Yep, and maybe that Matthews pick goes probably away. Probably goes away, or yep. you know, or you know, that's probably the one that goes away. Or Matt Ryan could go away. Matt Ryan could go away. You know, if know you what I'm feel saying, feel like Matthews is going to be. You know uh, worth holding a roster spot that's not a bad idea, yeah. but you never you know i mean stafford's one you know one hit away from going down yeah, I guess
1: all these quarterbacks are, so is that a playoff team or not and your when you look at all these other teams, is that team making the
0: playoffs well they're and and believe me, we all are surrounded by idiots, and you know our team is not to you know it, it is full of them yes. But you've got some people in here that are really fighting for the bottom, okay? In here, so <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm really convinced. I think you're on the fringe of the playoffs, okay. but you got to really think a lot of these guys that just went above and beyond to be morons about their picking, especially Cam Newton, Matt Jones, Danielson, uh, Danielson. Yeah. He just yeah. went bananas, and I I'm sure he's a great guy, but no pick, Matt Jones, <laughs> Eifert. I mean, what? Come on. Yeah. Let's get serious here. And Derrick Henry. You've got too many resources. Mm. Got too many resources to do better than that. So I think you're probably on the free. Yeah, I should
1: be close. I should be very close there. So um, anyway, as we move on, we did vote, obviously, uh, Daniel signed to have the worst team. We didn't really vote on the best team, but you know when they give you the report card, Yahoo or CBS, they say, hey, here's your draft.
0: Right.
1: He did not do what Daniel signed, did not excel on the draft. I it's draft grade. I made a B. Hey, B's aren't grade. bad. Yeah, so anyway, it was a lot of fun. Rollywood boys, man, I miss you. I, I, I can't wait to see you guys again. It was an absolute blast, but I am paying for it so far this week. Hopefully by, hopefully by tomorrow, which is August 31st. Is there 31 days in August or 30?
0: There are 31.
1: All right, so Wednesday, August 31st. We're coming to you on a Tuesday, August 30th. Maybe I will be back to 100%, but right now I'm struggling at 75. All right, Hank. <laughs> Good job. Let's move on to the next segment. But before we do, let's thank our sponsor. We've got a new sponsor today. It's Foot Candle Film Festival. Hank, I don't know if you attended the film festival last year. Not last year. It was awesome. So all these films they're bringing to you, uh, we get to view them at beautiful Carolina Theater. You know, um, Uptown, Hickory. A couple other locations, too, that they show them, right?
0: Yep, the New Drendel Auditorium. Oh, yes. The Salt Block, which has been... Renovated, which is beautiful, gorgeous, um, and you know they've done a re- this foot candle. I've been to it before. I wasn't able to go last year, but they've done an incredible job um, with it. And some of the movies that they bring here, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, not very many people know. Uh, you know the, the the directors or the the producers that they bring in here, but these are. I mean, this is high level stuff that's coming here, and to be able to say that. You know, they've been, you know, that we've been able to see them and they've been part of this festival is, and it really says a lot to the organizers of Foot Candle because they do a lot of work and get a lot of great people. A lot of
1: hard work that goes into this, no doubt about it. So guys, mark on your calendar, September 23rd through September 25th, coming to you from Hickory, North Carolina at the Drendel Auditorium on the salt block Foot Candle Film Festival year 2. Last year was a smash. I'm sure this year's even going to top it off. So anyway, September 23rd through 25th, check them out, Foot Candle. And before we get away from events coming to Hickory Hank, a big one, the Auto Lawn coming September 10th. Oh, oh man, Kit Cannon Charlie Zagaroli brings it every year car This year, do you recall the car? Normally they focus on a car. Last year was Porsche, another year was an Italian models. Last or 2 years was Volkswagen. I think this year might be any car. Right. You know, it's something like that.
0: But they have some incredible, incredible collections that yes. show up too. And from what I understand, they've got a, uh, a kind of virtual reality, um, <laughs> like kind of racing center that uh, somebody's going to be bringing and you put on the helmet and oh, you wow. race. And um, it's an awesome event for, I mean, for couples, for kids, kids. for uh, your grandparents, for whoever. And if the weather is. Going to be as nice as it has in the past. Yes. It is a lot of fun.
1: Absolutely. It's coming to you. And actually, I'm fortunate enough to be the MC for the event. It starts around noon. If you want to get yeah, the cars, the automobiles are out there at like 8 30, 9 o'clock in the morning, but the event starts around noon. Food, beer gardens, music, two bands this year. Two uh-huh. bands. Wow. Um, and so a anyway, great MC. Yeah, wonderful MCs. And so uh, please attend September 10th, Hickory Auto Lawn, Salt Block. Hope to see you. All right, Hank, what we're going to do now, and we're going to breeze through this, but you know, college football opens this weekend. We've got some games starting Thursday all the way through Monday, this Labor Day weekend. It is the best lineup of starting the college football season I've ever seen in my life. Okay. I'm going to hit you with a couple. Just to tell you a little bit about me, I love college football. I know you're an NFL guy. You like college football I love too. College football. But the reason I like college football so, and I think I even like it more than NFL, it takes place on a Saturday. So I can, and the games start at noon and they'll go till one o'clock in the morning. And yep. Hank, as you know, I'm a night owl. I can't sleep. So I'll watch them all. And then Sunday, you know, you're not going to work the next day. You just got to go to church and take your family out to eat lunch, but you're not going to work the next day. Sure. Where on Sunday, you're going to work. Right. So anyway, that's why I love Saturday and I love the passion and the, whatever the words are it's, it's just awesome it's not about money it's about passion and a little bit of money. Okay, so let's start. <laughs> and the, a little bit. And a money. little bit. Thursday night. This is interesting just for us local folks here. So the Appalachian State Mountaineers, who actually are supposed to have a pretty good ball team this year. They play Miami in a couple of weeks at home in Boone. They're Unbelievable t- that they got them to come up
0: to How Boone. How did they do this? How do you get Miami to come up to Boone?
1: I can't, Unbelievable. I can't believe it. So Barefoot and some dudes are or some of our friends are going up there. The ticket's... Started at 65. Guess how much they're going? That was two weeks ago. You could get them for 65. They're going for 210 right now.
0: Goodness. For an
1: Appalachian State game. But anyway, the the U's coming in. It's a big day. This game on Thursday, however, pits Appalachian State against Tennessee. We've got a lot of Tennessee friends locally here. Vegas got the number Tennessee
0: minus 21. You know, that's kind of a dangerous number. You know, it's kind of a dangerous number because, you know, Appalachian State comes in with some bravado because they've won a big game. They've been to the big house. They're not. They beat Michigan in yeah, the same spot, right? You they're, know what I mean. They're not really that nervous. I mean, I'm sure the kids are nervous, but I I think that Tennessee rolls. I think Tennessee has trouble early in this game like because that. they're not going to be able to figure them out, and it's hmm. going to be a rush to get over 21. But I think they get over 21.
1: You might be right, Hank, but I am going to trust those Mountaineers. And, Let's take it back just a tad. If you can get a first-half line, maybe you can get a first-half line of Appalachian plus, let's say, a 13, 14. Take, take the it. Mountaineers. Take the Mountaineers. Hank likes Tennessee minus the 21. I'm going to think the Mountaineers keep it close to that number, and I'm going to go Mountaineers plus the 21. They lose by 18.
0: Can, can I add something of on Thursday night? Um, did you know that Charlotte 49ers are playing – you know, they, they didn't even have a football team a couple years ago. A couple yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. And they have – piece together a team. Now, it's not going to win a national championship anytime soon, no. but it's good to see that there's football in Charlotte outside of the Panthers, and they actually are playing Louisville, who is ranked 19th in the country yes. on Thursday.
1: Guess who's quarterbacking the Charlotte 49ers? Who is that? Greg Olson's little brother will be the really? starting quarterback for those Charlotte 49ers. He's jumped around a couple different schools. You know, when he, he went to either Miami or – or Florida as one of the top three quarterback recruits and made a couple bad decisions and jumped from one school to another. This is his fourth school, mm-hmm. but they say he's got his head on right. So you know what that line is though? What? Yay. 40. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. We might not be watching that one, but <laughs> now? Louisville minus 40. The other one I want to hit on Thursday before we go to the weekend games. Um, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. This is an SEC game. Normally the SEC, they don't jump into their schedule till later on, but they're starting their schedule out early. South Carolina at Vanderbilt. The only reason I bring this up, Hank, South Carolina, you know, Spurrier no longer there. Um, typically against Vanderbilt, they're going to be favored by what, 10, 12, 14 – Vanderbilt is favored over South Carolina. Where are they playing? At Vandy. But when has Vanderbilt ever been been favored over anybody in the SEC? That's one of those sneaky ones. So, it is. You know what I'm saying? Y'all be careful. You might say, oh, South Carolina will roll them. Y'all be careful. Huh? You get rolled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Okay, let's jump through Thursday. So there's the two big games that I wanted to talk about Thursday. But Friday leads us to a couple pretty good ones, buddy. So on Friday – Let's just jump right into it. So Stanford, the number eight team in the country, will play host to Kansas State. Kansas State led, led by their coach, Bill Snyder, who always seems to get his teams up for these ball games. Against Stanford, though, at home, it's going to be tough. Vegas got the number set at Stanford minus the 15. People are in love with Stanford with Christian McCaffrey, the Heisman favorite in the backfield. Any chance Kansas State keeps this thing close, Hank?
0: Hey? No, I don't believe so. I think that they're – I think that Stanford's just got too much firepower, and they're going to kind of roll. And, you know, the first part of the year, if you're going to put money or, or just go for fun or yeah. fun, yeah, whatever. Uh, a sh- what was it, a shelling that you said one time? <laughs> shilling. A shelling? What was that? <laughs> um, if you're going put it, to put it on those top, those top teams that you know are going to be solid, they've got top talent coming in, and then Vegas is going figure to figure them out quick, but you're going to make your best bang for your buck this first week. Sure, I dig. Um
1: I completely agree with you. Stanford should roll. I don't know if you guys remember last year, Stanford in their first game against, I want to say it was like, who did they play? Temple or somebody that they should, it wasn't Temple, but somebody they should have rolled. They were about the same, Fourteen point favorite, and they got in a, get, ended up getting beat by seventeen. Started their season zero and one. They finished the end of the year top five team in the country. If they could have won that first game, who knows? They who might knows? be in that final four. So anyway, they're going to take this one very serious. Yes, sir. Next up, let's roll into Saturday. This is where all the good stuff happens. All right, the first big game on the agenda, it's the Oklahoma Sooners coming in at three in the country against the 15th-ranked Houston Cougars. Houston, huge year last year. They beat Florida State in the bowl game. Oklahoma, everybody's penciling, penciling them in for the final four run. The number, Vegas has it set, Oklahoma minus 12. That's a To me, that's a huge number against these upstart Cougars. Hank, do you agree with me or disagree with? I
0: think I think you're dead on. the The reason being is these two schools are really, you know, their proximity in the nation are really close, absolutely. And so it's these teams don't necessarily play home games. You know, they it's like a neutral site sometimes. So this one actually, I think it might be at a neutral site. Oh, I think it's at Dallas. It's at Jerry World. Jerry World. Yes. Even better for Houston. Exactly. Even better for Houston. Exactly. So I, I think that you're right. 12 is a big number. I think that they come in ready to play. Uh, it's a big game for them. I kind of like Houston.
1: Houston all day long, guys. Take them plus the 12 also. Sprinkle a little over 68. <laughs> <laughs> all right, a couple more here, buddy. Let's scroll down here and find these big, big, big ones. Oh,
0: you got to talk about my boys.
1: Oh yeah. What time does that one go?
0: Uh, they go at uh nine or
1: five thirty. Okay, so we'll skip a couple of these and we'll come back to Elon one. goes off at three thirty. We, Gardner Webby, Elon. Three thirty. Let's, let's get on that one too. So the boys he's talking about is Carolina is playing Georgia. And that game, I believe it's in Atlanta. Is that right, Hank? It is. Georgia's ranked eighteen in the country. Carolina ranked twenty-two. Right now, Georgia favored by two and a half. This is going to be a good game. It's going to be a great game. Two and a half. So you've got Elijah Hood running back for Carolina. You've got Nick Chubb running back. He's back for Georgia. Two – What a great name. Oh, it's it's fantastic. Two – well, defense is maybe not the best, but they've got to be better than last year. Right. Who you like, Hank? Do you like your Carolina Tar Heels in this game? It's
0: going to be a tough game because, you know, they're going to play at the Georgia Dome, which is going to be hostile as hostile can be. The only benefit to that is it's so big yeah. that Carolina fans can, you know, get in there. It's, they're not going to get mm-hmm. shut out of it. So I think it's going to be a good game. I think, you know, the two-and-a-half that they have for Georgia is probably because they're playing on their home turf because I think it's probably sure. – I think it's probably – safe to say georgia's gonna win that game i'll be cheering for the tar heels to make it but you know if i had to put money on it i think that georgia's gonna pull this out i agree
1: and i think i will be able to play a pence or a shekel or two and what i'm gonna play it on hank is under the total and let me tell you why everybody thinks this thing's gonna fly over everybody thinks it's at 57 56 and a half 57 the defense for carolina Got embarrassed last time out. Gave up 640 rushing yards to Baylor. Do you remember that in the bowl game? Oh, yeah. They have worked on it. They're focused. They're not going to let Nick Chubb run all over them for that many yards. I feel it close to that total. I'm going under the uh, 56 and a half, however. Okay. How about this one, Hank? LSU, number five in the country, travels to Wisconsin. Right, I think they're playing in Lambeau Field.
0: Oh, what a great experience! You know what
1: I mean? Those Wisconsin kids get to play in Lambeau. LSU traveling from Baton Rouge to go into Lambeau. What a yeah, great opportunity for these college kids. So right now, I'll just give you a little bit of info. Wisconsin's defensive coordinator left Wisconsin. Now he's LSU's defensive coordinator. Right? He's probably knows a couple things or two about
0: that. One or two.
1: Yes. Also, Wisconsin's all-world center. All-World Center, been a starter since he was a freshman and he was a senior, has to retire. His body can't take it anymore. Made all the line calls, did everything. He's gone.
0: Unbelievable. That's the first time I've ever heard this. Yes. This is right. Hey, breaking Insider, news. insider this breaking, breaking news. Breaking news. East is bringing it
1: to his live. <laughs> insider information. So I'm telling you, dude, the number is 10. I know it's at Lambeau, and that's Wisconsin is going to have a lot of fans there. LSU, with all the floods and everything and Baton Rouge, don't you think they're ready to get out of there and show support for their city and their school and whip the hell out of these Wisconsin matches? Yeah, yeah. I
0: think I think they're going to get in there and Ooh. get deep on them because I think that LSU is ready to play this year. I mean, they're ranked, what, fifth? Yes, five and, in the country. Five in the country, and that comes with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I think that they they want to – Play hard. I think they want to be in that top four. And, um, you know, being fifth in the country, they're preseason outside looking in. So I think they're going to come out and try to smack some people in the face. Yeah, I would say this might be the play of the century. Oh, man. I remember <laughs> one of those before, too. And I believe it was the Bulls. And I believe oh, it was in Vegas. Yes, absolutely.
1: You can't listen to the play <laughs> of the century every time. Every but, time. Yeah. Anyway, so it's, I like LSU a lot in this game. We'll see what goes on. We got two more for you, Hank. The Clemson Tigers, number two in the country, come marching to Auburn, an SEC school. This is a 9 o'clock kick Saturday night. This is why I love Saturday college football. 9 o'clock kick, you're getting Clemson at Auburn, number Clemson favored seven and a half on the road at Auburn. Give it to me.
0: You know who's going to hate this is my brother-in-law, Carson Wiggins. Huge Auburn fan. He's a huge Auburn fan. But we're going to be sitting watching this game, I'm sure, somewhere, and we're going to be pumped up. But, you know, Clemson had a great year last year, and they got one heck of a coach, Mm -hmm. you know, he can get anybody up for it. And if anybody's up to going in a hostile territory, it's gonna be him to get his players ready to play. I think they go in there and they roll. You think they murder him? I think they do.
1: I'm thinking Clemson goes in there and Auburn's gonna have a little something for him. Clemson wins the game by a touchdown. That hook saves. I hate that, hook. that hook saves him. I'm gonna go Auburn plus the seven and a half. And that will save the best for last. This is a big Big game. This is national championship caliber kind of um, atmosphere around it because it's a Monday night. It's the only game in town, right? The only game in town. Kicks at eight. The Florida State Seminoles, number four in the country, play host to the Ole Miss Rebels sitting at 11 in the country. Florida State boasts, you know, their defense is always good. They've got skilled players all over the place. This is who they've got this year, red shirt freshman well I could you call him a red shirt freshman yeah what's yeah, up He yeah, red shirt. he richard yeah last so last year last year so he's a freshman um they I can't remember the dude's name Hank but they announced him as the starter they say he's a Jameis Winston clone he can run he can throw he can do everything he better just, yeah just like Jameis they've got all the spots filled they just need this quarterback to come in and finish Ole Miss they're an SEC team supposedly one of the best Ole Miss teams they've had there in several years, defensively and offense. Florida State only a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. What are you thinking about Man, this? Man, it guy?
0: hinges on this poor kid that's getting ready to go in there. But the good thing is, is that he's had two years to mature into this quarterback. And these systems, you know, it is a job for him. And he has had sure. two years of on-the-job training. And you think about being on a job for two years, you have learned a lot. A ton. Mm -hmm. So I like the idea of this redshirt freshman coming in and seeing the speed because Lord knows Florida State, when they go through reps against the defense, they got some quick guys on that team. So he's seeing game speed. He's seeing everything. So I like Florida State in this situation. I know Ole Miss is uh, a powerhouse for the SEC right now. But they don't – I mean, they come with tons of history. They don't have recent history for me. Mm -hmm. And Florida State, I I love seeing them back in it because when we were – younger. That was the team to beat in the right. ACC. Yes. So I think that young guy, it all hinges on him, but I feel like they're going to pull it out.
1: So will you be in Atlanta, still at your brother-in-law's, and you'll be able to watch this game? Not this game. Because oh, this coming, is coming Monday. back Monday. Okay, gotcha. I'll be on my couch. Yeah, there you go. Well, anyway, Hank, I completely agree. Florida State minus the four and a half. I really like this pick too. Florida State by two touchdowns. They get it done. Hank, way to go, bud. Episode five, in the books, two weeks. Two weeks till kickoff opening day NFL. We got any plans yet? Anything special going on opening day? I don't think so.
0: I, you know, I. I like to plan my full day around it, too. Yeah. So it, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, you got to do some defense, some house defense. You got <laughs> You know, you got to cut the grass on Saturday. Absolutely. You got to get, you know, if you're going to grill out, you got to prep the food early. Sure. You know, you got to do all that stuff early. But, uh, you know, I'm just going to let it come to me as it comes. So I'm looking forward to it awesome football weekend this weekend to prime me for the NFL and uh, I don't know who knows yeah
1: I'm looking forward to the same buddy my wife's going to Mexico she's leaving tomorrow
0: oh my (laughs) (laughs) god your body
1: is in trouble I'm taking it easy man this will be a good weekend to rest watch some college football but you know as good as, as I do you know I'll probably be these towns of Hickory <laughs> Saturday evening about 2 a.m. But anyway, if you see me on the streets, just tell me to go home and rest, okay? So, Hank, until next week, peace.
0: You've been listening to The Mesh